Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 8th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book on Chapter 6, Into Action, and we are on page 87, the last paragraph, which begins as we go through the day. Okay, today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Anita L., the 12 traditions, Nancy S. Our readers for the text today are Katie F., Deb W., and Elaine B. The share ID code for Sunday, June 7, 2015, which was our special edition, is 7713. That's 77. 13. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience and strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita L. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and with that, I pass. And thank you, Anita L. I will now ask Nancy S. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service in my past. And thank you, Nancy S., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book in Chapter 7, Into Action, and we're on page 87, the very last paragraph. And I will now ask Katie F., please, to begin reading. Star 1. Good, mo- Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. 
As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. So this paragraph, um, you know, some, there's the paragraph earlier or wherever it is, it says we've got some bad news for you, whether you uh, have quit for six days, six months, or six years, if you take up that first bite, you'll go back to the food. Well, this is, this is kind of along those lines, like the bad news is we're not recovered, that it doesn't, this isn't a cure. We don't go through steps seven and eight and uh, six and seven and, and all those steps and never, ever make a mistake again and live this holy, righteous, virtuous life. I wish that were the case. But the good news is we have the tools to use to stop, to pause when we are agitated or doubtful. So uh, this is telling me I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not going to never have to um, go to another meeting or I'm never going to have to write out a resentment sheet or uh, you know, make a, an emergency call at midnight because um, something horrible has happened in my life. What this is telling me is that I have a way that when those things happen, because everything's going to still happen in my life, it doesn't matter that I'm recovered. It doesn't matter that I lost 70 pounds and I'm thin, and I can wear the same clothes year after year. That does not guarantee that people are going to be nice to me, that I'm going to get every job I want, that my kids are going to be perfect, that my husband's going to be sweet and loving to me all day long, every day. None of that is a guarantee. But what is a guarantee is that I never have to go back to that life again. I am telling you that I have never met someone who has followed this path thoroughly, honestly, and with uh, humility that has gone back to the food. I know that our numbers are low, but there is a solution, and that's what this is telling me. Thy will be done. Keep pressing into God day after day after day. You know, just like uh, when you take a shower in the morning, it's not a shower for life. It's a shower for that day, and that's what my prayer and meditation is. It's to get me through that day joyously, happily, and uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, much less danger. It doesn't say you can avoid this at all costs and it will never happen to you again. Um, hopefully, I will not have excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. But when I do, I can ask for the next right thought or action. And I'm just so grateful that we have this message of hope. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Katie M. Okay, we're going to open up the floor. Who would like to comment on what was read? This is Gela. Can I say? Okay, we Kim. have Gela. We have Kim. And Paula D. And Paula Lonnie D. P. And Lonnie P. Okay, let's Melissa Singh. Who, who was that last one? Melissa Singh. Okay, Melissa C. You're in. All right, we have Bella. And is that Kim G.? That's it. Yes. Okay, Kim, good morning. All right, Bella, please go ahead. 
Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. As we go through the day, we pause. Wow, such a freedom. Yes, now that I am in the program, I learn to accept myself and to accept and respect my feelings. Yes, the, the program gives me tools to know, to accept myself as human and not perfect and I will never be perfect. And yes, I have my feelings. And sometimes the feelings are not so comfortable. Uh, anger or, or, or not happy or, or fear. But now, thank you, God, I am in the program and I learn to pause. Okay, Bella, so you have those feelings. So now what you do? I am not running my life with my feelings. My feelings are not driving me. Now I learn to pause and to say, well, so now what to do? I am not connected anymore to my ego. Now I am connected to God. And yes, I remind myself 24-7, thy will, not mine. And this is the freedom. I accept my feelings, but I am not running my life with my ego. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And this is where I try to live. This paragraph is what allows me to live a life that is undisturbed for the most part. So it says, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. We ask for the right thought or action. So in step three, I'm asked to turn my life and my will over to God. And this is where I've learned to do that. You know, for me, I, for many years, and this is just my experience, when I was told there was three parts to this disease, emotional, spiritual, and physical, I spent my days chasing emotions, which was a roller coaster ride. As a human being, emotions are going to be coming and ebbing and flowing throughout the day. I would ask God, make me feel good. I want to feel good. I want to be happy, but feel good. And it's saying here, I'm asking for the right thought and the right action. That's what I'm looking for because my actions and my thoughts are what's going to rule my day. And so I constantly remind myself I'm no longer running the show. Why is that? Because I'm constantly trying to run the show. That's the battle I have every day. Every day I get up and it's like, am I going to serve Kim or am I going to serve my higher power? And then here come the 11-step promises. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish decisions. There are those pesky emotions. If I try to align myself with the thoughts and the actions of my higher power, I'm in much less danger of those pesky emotions. That, to me, is the 11-step promises if I'm pausing throughout the day and trying to align myself with my higher power. And here's where I take my spiritual temperature. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we were when we are trying to arrange lives to suit ourselves. So if I'm feeling exhausted, if I'm feeling inefficient, that's just a barometer. I'm taking my temperature. I'm not in alignment with God's will. And I'm going to ask God how I can do that because when I am in alignment with God's will, 
let me tell you, I am very efficient and I am not exhausted. And this is just for me personally. I have a psychology degree. I can complicate the crap out of anything with a lot of psychological terms. And I spend a lot of time in program trying to create boundaries and practice self-care and all these things that were me exerting my will, using my self-will to try to create a certain picture in my head. Now I filter everything through God. And I might come to the same decision. I might come with God to the same exact thing. But when I am making those decisions based on self, by me creating boundaries and me creating self-care, what I find for myself is I become in constant collision with other people. I am exerting my will. When I do this through God's, God's power and I make decisions based on how I can be more efficient and more of service to my higher power and to the people around me, let me tell you, I live a life that is beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Okay, Paula D., it's your turn. And thank you, Janice, and thank you for your service today. Well, we can see this is a paragraph that many of us abide in. But, you know, as we see that word, as we go through the day, we pause. See, that's what God is for me. I don't stop on my own. When I finally stop, I know why today. Why did you stop? Because I was agitated or doubtful. Now, that doesn't always happen. Because of this beautiful program, it doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes. And there we ask. Now, that's the humble. That's the humility of this program. I finally ask. It's someone that's lost. Well, I ain't going to stop at a gas station and ask where to go. I'm just going to continue to be lost. And I'm going to continue to be in agitation and doubtful. Oh, no. There's the difference. And I'm just going to end with we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show humbly. It seems that humility is coming back again saying to ourselves many times each day, soon as I pause, soon as I pause, thy will be done. And I'm going to scoot on just to that, that last line, and I know I wasn't going to, but this part, we do not tire so easily. Honey, we've ceased fighting anything and anyone. Now I know we had to go for the answers. As we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves no longer. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. And thank you, Paula D. Okay, Lonnie P., you're up. Please press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Lonnie P., recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yes, I can. Okay, terrific. Um, This paragraph helps me each and every day because no doubt there's going to be something that crops up during the course of my day where I might become agitated or doubtful. And I think one of the most beautiful things that this big book has taught me, and certainly this paragraph, is that I don't know the next right thing to do. You know, I I don't know what to do, and my initial reaction might be agitation or defensiveness or insecurity, and you know, and this paragraph has taught me that I, I need to take pauses throughout my day. You know, I think of that easy button that one of the office supply stores had. You know, I don't need an easy button. What I need is a pause button. I need that button to allow God to come in for me, you know, so that I might be given that, that thought or that action. 
you know, and remind myself that I'm not running this show, you know, and saying that to myself, you know, throughout the day, that I will be done, you know, and it's like to give God my life and my will is, is to give God my thoughts and my actions, you know, and to me that's what this paragraph talks to is I need to give God my thoughts and my actions because mine got me into the food. You know, mine got me, you know, to weigh over 300 pounds at one point, you know. So I'm just so grateful, you know, to be reading this paragraph this morning and, you know, to be among one of the things that I do each and every day, you know, is to read these pages that tell me how to live my day, you know, what to do as I begin the day, what to do as I end my day, you know. And I'm just beyond grateful to be reading and talking about this morning and be reminded as I'm on my way to work that throughout this day when I'm agitated or doubtful to pause and to seek my higher power. So with that, I pass, and thank you so much for letting me share. And thank you, Lonnie P. Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when I first... um, put the food down and got abstinent. Initially, I felt really good, and um, and that lasted for a little bit, and then I just started feeling, and it, it overwhelmed me how often I was agitated throughout the day. I never knew that I was an agitated person, because I was always so numbed out, um, and and it was alarming to me how many feelings I had throughout the day. I I used to say I felt like I was at a buffet of feelings because there was always another feeling around the corner. And um, and now I needed to learn how to grow up and actually, um, you know, live with all these feelings. And someone had, you know, said to me that um, recovery doesn't mean that, like, we're in heaven all the time. What it means is that, you know, the gates of hell have been opened for us, that we, at least we're released from hell. And, um, you know, and so now when I feel myself agitated throughout the day, um, I pause. <laughs> it, it's amazing that something so simplistic as stopping um, has had such an impact on my life because I always thought I had to solve it immediately, you know, have the, have the feeling um, and then fix it fix it, fix it, fix it. And most of the time, um, there is no fix for it. It's acceptance. And so, you know, my old prayer used to be, um, give me what I want, give me what I want, give me what I want. And now it's, um, let me want what I've got, you know, and, and what do I do with, with what I have in front of me? And so, you know, this is, um, this is the only way that I can keep the food down. Um, you know, because life is life and it continues regardless of whether I'm a 115-pound thinner or, you know, I still have trouble throughout the day. I'm human. We're human. And, um, you know, but but I have God. And God takes care of it all. I just need to pause and um, and allow his will, you know, allow me to live within accordance of his will. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Melissa C. Okay. Uh, who whom else would like to comment on this paragraph? This is Laura Revelation from North Carolina. Lassa O. 
Miriam. Okay, wait a minute now. Um, I heard, I heard Laura. I don't know what her last initial is. Laura. Devora. Devora S. Is that who you've heard? Is there a Laura? Renata Janice. Okay. Is that was that Devora? Was that, okay, wait a minute. Devora. And I heard Renata. G. And, and I you. Basa O. Felicia is. I heard it was at Riva too. Did I hear yes. Riva? Yeah. Yes. Let me that. Elizabeth. Is it Reba P? Okay. Let me go with um, please Devorah S, Renata G, Vasa O, and Reva, and we'll pick up the rest afterwards. Okay. Devorah, please go ahead. Star one, Devorah. Thank you. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, Janice, for facilitating and everyone on the line for being here. This is Devora S. from New Jersey Recovered. And I love where it says, you know, as we go through the day, we're not trying to for we ask for the right sort of action. Um, and I'm just reminded of the story in the back of the book, 420, when it talks about, um, you know, he's saying here, acceptance is the key to my relationship with God. Today, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to do, and I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. Um, you know, yesterday I had a day where I felt like I wanted, in my head, was, nobody was dictating what I want, what, you know, what want, had to get done. It was all in my head, like, Oh, I want to go visit a friend of mine who's in the hospital. Oh, I want to go to this engagement party in the city. Oh, I want to do this. I have to do my report cards. I have to, like so many areas of my life, you know, I was being, I, I just wanted to do it all. I wanted to do it all. And I knew that, that it, um, I couldn't be everywhere. I just couldn't. It was impossible. So I just said, okay, you know, God, what is your, what is your will for me? Where do you want me to be? And I knew that just, being here, just doing the things that was in front of me to be done, you know, whatever, in my own house. I didn't have to run here and run there. I just had to do the things that I needed to take care for my for myself and my family now in the house. And that was God's will for me. And it's just a calming effect that this was what, what it was meant to be. You know, all I did was, okay, you know what, I remembered the pause. Um, and I knew that God had a plan for me. And all I had to do was just, just do it. Um, and um, and you know what? I wasn't agitated. I knew that this was the right thing to do. And the time will come when perhaps I can do whatever I wanted on that list to do. Maybe it won't be when I want to do it, but it will come when it comes, and that will be the right time. Um, and I didn't go to sleep agitated and feeling, oh, what a loser I am. I didn't do all those things on my list. Um, I felt very... I felt very free, and um, to know that I just I did the next right thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Devora. Just a gentle remi- gentle reminder to keep our phones muted because it's you know when you're speaking, it is very distractive to the speaker. I know it is to me. That's why I can speak about that. Okay, um, Renata G, please, you're up. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. Renata G. Recovered from Postal Reading, New York. As we go through the day, we pause. 
when agitated or doubtful. Um, you know, I know for me, before going through this 12 steps, you know, before getting up to, to step 11, I had no pause. I, you know, I took all my actions based on impulse. I never thought before I said anything or, you know, before I took any kind of action and I would often regret my decisions. And so, you know, after going through the steps, I, you know, God has given me this ability to, to pause. And, um, you know, I, I try to practice this every day, you know, like whenever I have a doubt or I feel agitated, I do ask God for the right thought or action. And it's unbelievable how the, the right answer comes, you know, out of nowhere. And, um, you know, another thing it says, like, we remind ourselves, we constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day that will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worries of pity or foolish decisions. So, you know, what this says to me is that if I'm not turning my will and my life over to God constantly, that's where I'm going to go back to. You know, that's my default mode, you know, fear, anger, worry, excitement. And these are all the emotions that drove me into the food, right? All the things that I couldn't handle and I ran to the food to, to be numb out. But now, you know, if I, if I stay balanced, if I keep, like, asking God for direction and asking God to run my life, and, you know, uh, then I'm not, like, on, on that roller coaster ride anymore. I'm not having so many ups and downs. And uh, one thing I did a while back to, to help me with this was I set uh, an alarm on my phone. Every hour of the day, you know, it goes off and says, God time, you know, or this says God, something like that. But every time I see that, I, I you know, I'm reminded to say, God, that will not mind be done. And by practicing it more and more and more, it, become, it becomes more natural. And uh, that's all I want to share. Thank you very much. Janice M., are you with us? You couldn't hear me. Um, Vasa O., please, you're up. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I am a grateful recovering compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I really didn't know how to do this part, you know, to meditate and to pray. I needed to be taught how to do it. Uh, I was a human doer. I didn't know how to pause. Um, There was always too much to do, too much to accomplish, but but I was always agitated and angry at times, and I was like running here and running there to do stuff, and I really thought that people that meditated for hours or or read, you know, books, and they neglected their houses. You know, I thought I saw that as being lazy. That's what I learned in, as growing up. We had to be always working hard. We had to be accomplishing. And, you know, you just don't rest till it's time, you know. By the time the night came, I would be exhausted, you know. 
So I'm, that's how I learned how to meditate. And I love this paragraph. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated without, and ask for the right thought of action. And I needed to learn to do that. You know, instead of running to the food, I would go and sit and meditate or read my literature, like the big book or any kind of literature, my OA literature. And I said, oh, my God, you know, I've missed so much of my life just by by being a human doer. Uh, But, you know, and then for me to meditate for five minutes, even five minutes was too much. And my mind would be going, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. I couldn't sit still, you know. My mind was always obsessing, not with just the food and with life and life's problems. And then gradually, little by little, my sponsor would say, just do it for for five minutes a day, you know. And that five minutes became longer and longer. And I love to pray and meditate today. I mean, I just love to sit and meditate. And I do this one day at a time. It started, you know, one day at a time at the beginning. And thy will be done, God, not mine. We are then much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, foolishness, decisions. And that has been true for me. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, uh, for we are not burning up energy foolishly. And I was burning a lot, a lot of energy foolishly out there, as we did when we, we were trying to arrange life to suit us, to suit ourselves. I didn't even know I was doing that. You know, it was all unconsciously. And then God brought me to my consciousness gradually. And again, I don't do this perfectly. When things come up, you know, and I pause and I stop and I think and I meditate. And if something big comes in my life, I talk it over with other um, you know, my sponsor with uh, with others, and I go and pray to God. God, give me the final decision what I need to do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Vasa O. Now it's Reva P. It's your turn. Thank you. This is Reva P., a recovering compulsive overeater. I just want to say, first of all, I am so grateful for everybody on the line and for this meeting. Um, regarding the paragraph, when I first came into program and heard these pages read, all I heard was something about before going to bed and waking up. I just didn't hear this paragraph. So what I did is I did my two minutes of prayer and meditation in the morning, put the book in the drawer, and it was as if God was in the drawer. And I went around like a crazy lunatic all day, Um, and then realized how crazy it was when I did my Step 10 at night. So thank you, God. I now know that this paragraph exists and that this is my safety net because things do come up, as has been mentioned, all throughout the day, and I cannot anticipate everything, and I can't control my feelings. Um, I don't know what's going to be when things come up. So this is my default. And I love how it says constantly, And if I didn't pay attention to that word, then it says many times each day. So it's not a one-shot deal. 
And I'd like to quickly relate um, yesterday. I am now in Montreal, and for those of you who don't know Canada, Toronto is where I live, and it's about five or six hours drive from Montreal. My mother's in the hospital, and yesterday um, I was on my way to the hospital, and my thought and my action could have been, I was frenetic, I'm too late, they've already made a certain order, and it's too late, the doctor's not going to be there to talk to him. So my thought is usually, um, I'm screwed. That's my thought. It's over. Um, And it used to be, it's over and let's binge because why bother? Um, But if I pause, as has been mentioned, even 30 seconds, the right thought was, no, you're not. It's fine. And sure enough, I got there, and uh, what I was told on the phone was not true based on what was in the chart, and everything was fine. So God is amazing, and this is not me. Um, This is all God, because left to my own devices, I'm just excited, fearful, angry, worried, um, and making lots of foolish decisions. So I am so grateful for the 12 steps and for this meeting, and with that I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph? This is Do. Do L. Okay, anyone Sarah else? Sarah W. And Sarah W. Yes, I. Leia. And Leia. Felicia is. Who? Felicia is. What is the last le- the the letter? S. Oh. I didn't get. I get Felicia. Okay, Do L. Let's. You. You're up. Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsible Reader. Uh, in this paragraph, we have the last two prayers. The fifth prayer, which is when doubtful, uh, when agitated or doubtful, we ask God for the next right thought, next, next right action. And then the sixth prayer is that will be done. And, and what I see from here is that um, these two prayers are here. And any time that we have a prayer, we have we have um, a result, right? Um, so it says, when, when in less, we're, and we're in much less danger of excitement, fear, and anger, and worry, and self-pity, and foolish decisions, and the result is we become more effective. Um, when I tire so easily and not burning up foolish energy, the result is that life goes much better. And, um, and so there's a result any time that I pray. But I have to, you know, take a pause and ask God for the next right thought, the next right action. And I was just thinking about this. This hit hit home for me this weekend, um, uh, big time, because um, I just had um, bad news about this little boy. Um, he was four years old. He was I was very very close to him, and um, he was he was such a gift in my life. And um, he passed away. And the first thing I thought of when I'm in self-will, I'm going to quit school. I'm going to go over there. I'm just going to um, say I, I don't care about anything else. I need to take care of this. And I remember being reminded, pause. Pause and ask God for, for his will to be done and not my own. Um, ask for the next right thought and the next right action. How can I be helpful to this family versus you know, creating, um, creating more chaos or confusion for them. And, you know, and I thought about it and I prayed about it and I said, you know, the next right thought, the next right action is not to quit school, not to, um, 
do all these things that I want to do impulsively, but just ask God to remove my fear and and my anger and my worry about, you know, going toward, to North Carolina and dealing with this situation. And, um, and sure enough, the right answer came. You know, God put it in my mind that I would to take a short period of recess to go out there and, and take care of business, but not quit school and not throw away what I'm doing with my life. And so um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that need to be put in place, but I'm just praying, continue to pray to God, you know, to, to do this. And someone had asked me, is your food okay? And I said, yes, you know, because today my concern is not about the food, it's about getting connected with God. And so I'm grateful that this program gives me that ability and gives me the opportunity to get connected and not think about self as much as think about what God's will is for me in my life. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Duel. Sarah W., yes, you're up. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, for you, Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, well... I love this paragraph because, um, you know, I'm a very impulsive personality by nature. Most addicts are. You know, um, if I have a thought, I don't even know the thought's there. I just constantly was doing something, and it usually was with the wrong motive. And the pause was so elusive for me for so many years, even in recovery. Um, You know, I practice a lot of very negative behaviors in recovery also. And today what I know is that, um, you know, I can take a breath. And this is, this is really about, my understanding is it's about practicing and it's not about perfection. That as I practice more, I get better at it. Um, you know, I found that my 10-step uh, spot check inventories have really uh, gone down dramatic, uh, drastically because of the pause. Um, you know, I could have a negative thought, but, you know, it's fleeting, and I and if I pause, um, you know, it just changes. I remember when I first um, came into the program, I was a night shift nurse, and there were graham crackers around, and I had a heck of a time, and I had a, a sponsor at that time that told me, um, you know, just try to get that little inkling of time before you take that first bite. I could never capture it. It was like, how do I get that? And it is in that in that pause, and I think with more practice, and if I start saying to myself, with God, I can, you know. And I think for me, God has to be my constant companion. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, it goes away. It's like it's always there. And whether it's our higher self or if it's, you know, an entity or creative intelligence, whatever it is, um, you know, we have that, you know, nobody's dragging our arm up to take the food into our mouth and nobody's opening our mouth up and, and saying the words. We make the choice. And, you know, with the pause, which which is where we ask God in, we really can change. And it really does work. This really does work. And with that, I pass. I'm very grateful. I pass. Hey, thank you, Sarah W. Layer M, you're up. Thank you very much. Janice, good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. Um, You know, 
we always hear all action is born in thought, so I'm so grateful for the instructions that the big book gives me here. You know, I always give the analogy generally around this paragraph that, you know, prior to recovery, I was much like that metal ball in that old-fashioned pinball machine where you pull back the spring and the ball is catapulted throughout the machinery and it's, you know, the lights are going and the bumpers are moving and ding, 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 the bells are ringing and, you know, just completely reactive to whatever is occurring um, in one's environment. Um, the program of recovery gives me a different way to live. I had no tools for living when I arrived. Um, the program of recovery gives me these clear instructions that I'm going to tap in. We constantly remind ourselves as ourselves we are no longer running the show humbly, saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. See, this is a complete antidote to what we read about earlier in the text when, when it said, you know, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Tapping into my higher power, you know, throughout the day allows me to remember, Leah, you know, there is a higher force, a more elevated force in the universe <laughs> above and beyond you, and that this attachment, this cleaving to my higher power is the most important thing I can remember to do and to align myself to throughout the, d the day. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, creating wreckage everywhere I walk. Because if the root of my disease is self-centeredness, then it must be that the root of my recovery has to be God-centeredness. So this, this correctly roots me before I engage in a conversation with my husband, before I engage in a conversation with one of my children or my daughter-in-law or my son-in-law or my parents or a neighbor, etc. Who, who, you know, bring God into this conversation, bring God into this decision that needs to be made, bring God into, into this environment, into the atmosphere, into my mind. Because God doesn't exist in my life in a personal way unless I decide to believe and behave as if he exists or to decide to live my life as he exists, as if God exists. Because either decision profoundly affects my attitude and my attitude affects just about every aspect of my life. So this program of recovery, these specific directions here really, really ground me. It reminds me to stay tethered, and it allows me an opportunity to behave in a mature, stabilized fashion, governed by principles, rather than the erratic emotions that can sometimes ebb and flow. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. And thank you so much, Leah M. Felicia, it is your turn. Felicia, star one, two, unmute. This is okay. Felicia. Okay, please go ahead. Yes. Hey, a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, North Carolina. Um, and this is exactly what I needed to hear this morning. I was sharing something similar to this uh, in a face-to-face -face meeting the other day. And uh, it also reminds me of step 11. And sometimes I have to remind myself what the step doesn't say. And this is an example of what step 11 doesn't say. It doesn't say praying for whatever I want to, whatever I think I will fix my life. 
and demanding God to do it. It says praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And it, uh, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the day, humbly saying to ourselves uh, many times a day, thy will, not my, thy will be done. We're in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become more efficient. We do not tire so easily. And that's been a constant complaint with me. I am so tired. I am so tired. I am so tired. And it just occurred to me, well, maybe that's because you think you're running the show. And there's not even a maybe there. I do think that I'm running the show. And I need to let my higher power run the show. I need to constantly remind myself that my best thinking got me to where I am today in Overeaters Anonymous, you know, uh, fighting to keep my abstinence. And so I take this program one day at a time. And for just for today, I am praying only for the knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. And I am trusting that. I am trusting that. I am asking for his help with complete abandoning in order not to burn up energy foolishly, as I did when I was trying to arrange life and suit for myself. I can be very controlling on my own, but with this program and with the 12 steps and with the higher my power and with the help of my higher power and with following a few clear-cut directions, I can have this life and the freedom from food, but I have to take the book as what it really says and not what I want it to say and not putting my own words in there um, because I know that it's something that I'm uh, guilty of sometimes. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Felicia. Okay, we have about five minutes left. Penny C. Okay, we'll have Penny C. And whom else, if they could do it two minutes? Somebody else? Okay, Penny C., you go. Go ahead, Deb. Hi, thanks, Janice. Thanks, everybody on the line. My name is Penny C. from the Boston area, recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm just zeroing in on this word, remind. We remind ourselves. Well, if I'm reminding myself, I must have heard it before. I must have been, I must have taught, been taught that before. And, and sure enough, I, I was. In this book, if I went back to step three, way back to step three, and and it told me, and I remember kind of thinking this was pretty humorous until I realized that it was describing Penny, you know, thinking I had to run the world. It says on the bottom of page 60, step three, each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if people would only do what he wished, the show would be great. And, and you know, at one time, I really thought I was at least running my town, you know, if not the rest of the state and the world. And, yeah, no wonder I was, was tired. So we go back back to step three and go to the next uh, well, page sixty two, and it tells us what what we have to do. Give up running the show, and it says that we next decided that hereafter, when we found out that that wasn't working, you know, our doing everything, that hereafter 
God was going to be the director. He's the principal, we're his agents, he's the father, we're his children. That was such a revelation to me. And so when I get to step 11, it's telling me I have to remind myself of what I've already been taught because I, I forget. And and I can get back there thinking that I have to tell my children that I don't like, or they, they're not quite doing the right uh, thing, bringing up their children. And thank God I've learned not to do that. I did, I did it once, and it was disastrous, and I had to make amends, and and you know, and it was it was a lot of work. So I I observe what they're doing, I compliment them on what they're doing well, and I ask God to direct them as well as me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Penny C. Is there anyone else that would like to take the last couple of minutes? Sally. Hi, okay. Linda R. Oh, My name is Miriam from uh, Israel. Can I share? I'm going to have Sally, and then if we don't have another time, another enough time, please stay for the next meeting, okay? Sally A., please go ahead. Thanks, Janice. I will be brief. I just wanted to speak to the, the line on the top of page 88, um, and, and it's interesting because it, it dovetail on, you know, we're walking away from this constantly reminding ourselves we are no longer running the show. And I, I often see that they write like a seesaw. It's either this or that. Either we're running the show or we're humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. Someone once said um, on this line, I don't know who it was, thy will and mine be one. And I thought, I still think this is a wonderful thing to think every day, many times each day, to humbly surrender the outcome of my day and to give my day, put it on a plate and hand it over to God and say, here's my day, thy will be done throughout my day. And and to honestly strive that God's will and my will would be one in spirit. And in truth, we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, and worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions, because I've surrendered my day. I give it to God. It will be exactly what God wants it to be. I believe that page 417, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And therefore, I can just participate and be part of thy will and mine be one. Thanks for letting me share with that I pass. And thank you, Sally A. We ran out of time, but, you know, we do have another meeting, so please hold your shares. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, We will now close the meeting with the reading um, from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elaine B., Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Elaine B., star one, please. Thank you so much, Janice, for your service. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with, with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.